We continue this morning studying the book of Genesis, and guess what? We're at the tail end. I don't know if you're excited to finish the book of Genesis, but it's very foundational. It's the book of beginnings, and we've studied the... We're continuing on the fourth person. Abraham was... He pioneered the faith. Isaac had a passive faith. Jacob was a restless faith, while Joseph had a tested faith. How can we say that Joseph had a tested faith? If your life is like this, will you not agree that your life is a test? You're up one day, you're down the next, you're up the other day, you're down the next, then you're up again, then you're down, and eventually you become the prime minister or the prince of Egypt. And all these we realize that true blessing begins with God's promises, done God's way, in God's due time, and then what do you get? You get God's best. So it's really a test. To trust God's promises, to trust God's ways, to trust God's time, so that you and I can receive God's best. We shared with you and we continue to share with you time and time again the triangle of God's blessings. It begins with God. It is received by faith. And if you really believe, then you will act. As Pastor Danny says, truth does not change lives. Applied truth changes lives. Truth by itself is static. Unless you apply it, then it becomes alive. Last week, I shared with you over under a message on Genesis 47. Do you remember over under? Did you discuss this in your D groups? We discussed this in our D groups. And there was a lot of fireworks in our D group. But it was fun. It was fun. Why? Because we're able to discuss things. You know, that's, that's basically the difference between a Bible study group and a discipleship group. In a Bible study group, what do you do? You get informed. You get information, right? But the Bible is here. The Word of God is here not only to provide us information, but to cause what? Transformation. So even if the discussion sometimes is intense, the purpose for which is to grow and be transformed to be what? More and more like Christ. So even if some of these discussions are intense, I told the group, I'm excited. Because from that intensity comes the growth. So I am not afraid of it. I am not afraid of it. I have told the people, conflict are opportunities for Christ-likeness. So don't be afraid of conflict. There are opportunities for Christ-likeness. Now, please, don't look for conflict. <laughs> Believe me, they will come to you. But don't be afraid of conflict because they are opportunities for Christ-likeness. Over under, I shared with you, this lady, she is over the protection. The umbrella is there on the floor. So what happens? She gets hit by the rain. She gets hit by the conflict. That's being over. If you're under, 
you're under the protection of God and God's word, you're protected. Over or under? Are you over the protection of God? Or are you under the protection of God's word? We di dissected what happened to the Egyptians in Genesis 47. From owners of livestock, owners of land, owners of money, and owners of their own lives, because of the drought, because of the famine, they lost everything. They lost their livestock, they lost their money, they lost their land, and they became enslaved to Pharaoh. On the other hand, Joseph and his entire family, beginning with his father Jacob, who is now named Israel, together with his brothers who sold him, who plotted to kill him, but are now in the protection of Joseph in the land of Egypt, they flourished. They were blessed. They increased in number and they were fruitful. Why? Because they were under the protection and the provision of God. Over or under? This morning we continue chapter 48. Right? So, 48, and then 49, and then 50. So, three more chapters to go. Two more after this Sunday. Then we transition to the book of... What's the next? Alam, dito, Exodus. Dito, table of contents. Oy, problema. Alright? Now, I'm going to share with you an audio bite. Alright? Now, some of you younger people may not know the tune. Okay? So, I hope you get to know it because this is going to be the title of the message this morning. Do you know it? What is it? Huh? You don't know it? What is it? You're supposed to be listening and trying to determine what is it, not dance. What's the title? What's the title? You just heard the title. You see? It just keeps on going, right? Going. It just keeps on going. And the title is what? The beat goes on. You see? Paulit ulit lang. Alright? It just keeps on going. Right? The beat goes on. That's the title this morning. The beast. The beast goes on. What is that beast? What is that beast? Let's pray. God Almighty, we thank you that we can study your word. We can worship you with all the freedoms that we have. 
And this freedom was bought for and paid for completely by your son, Jesus Christ. So, Father, will you speak to all of us this morning as we study your word, not only for the purposes of information, but for the purpose of transforming us to be conformed to the image and likeness of your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Genesis 48. Verse 1. Now it came about after these things that Joseph was told, Behold, your father is sick. So he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, with him. Remember in Genesis 47, we were introduced to two children. The children born to Joseph while he was in Egypt. And now we are introduced to the names of these two sons. Who are they? Manasseh and Ephraim. We call him E. So these are the two names of the two sons of Joseph that were born to him while he was in Egypt. When it was told to jo Jacob, Behold, your son Joseph has come to you. Israel collected his strength and sat up in the bed. Now, says in verse 1 that Joseph was sick, that Israel, Jacob, was sick. Word got to Joseph that his father Jacob was very sick, really near death. So what did he do? He went. He went and took his sons Manasseh and Ephraim, and he went to his father Jacob. Again, this shows us how good the relationship was. Some of us do not have a very good relationship with our parents. Yes? So sometimes that relationship, that bad relationship, becomes a bitter relationship. And your heart becomes hard. And even if you hear news that your father or your mother is near death, you choose to close your heart. Good for you. You deserve it. For all the things that you have done to me, you deserve it. So are you going? My brother called me, well, maybe February. He said, Mom is near death. Her vitals are continuing to go down. Are you coming home? I was already here. I said, no. You're not coming home? I said, no. I said, I have shared the Lord Jesus Christ with my mom. So I know where she's going. So I don't need to be there. Because I know where she's going. It's different scenario if you're not going there because you have bitterness you have anger in your heart but it's a good it's a different scene altogether when you're not physically present but you know where this person is going to spend the rest of eternity so joseph brings his two sons to show respect to his father why because here when jacob was told, Behold, your son Joseph has come to you. What did he do? Israel 
collected his strength and sat up in the bed. Now he's weak. But he mustered enough strength to sit up in the bed. Brother Aaron was here last week and he was saying that it was just in that past week that he was able to muster enough strength to stand up on his own. Many of you know that he's stricken with cancer. It's not easy, you know, to be, have cancer, to take these medications that sometimes really take a toll on your body. But he said, he told me, Pastor, this is the first time that I was able to muster enough strength to stand on my own. Jacob here is near death. And when he found out that Joseph was there and he brought his two sons, he gathered enough strength to sit up on the bed. Now you're Jacob. You're Joseph. And Joseph brought his two sons to give a final blessing. You know, last words are very important, right? Right? My cousin, who is a priest, a Catholic priest, he, he, he actually was a bishop. He brought me one time. He said, we're going to Talisa in Negros Occidental. We are going to visit Lola Dikang. Right? Lola, grandmother. Dikang, that was her name. She's very old, more than 100 years. So she was you know, in her bed and hard of hearing. And she said, Lola, this is Father Junior. They call him Junior because he was Fernando Silverio Junior. This is Junior. I am a priest. This is in song. The son of Annie. No more teeth. <laughs> Parika. Oh, oh. Anak mo to? <laughs> Hindi. I don't know where she got that. You come. You, he, he, Joseph brought his kids to be blessed. Grandfather is going to die very soon. At least, let's present ourselves. Let's introduce ourselves. So Jacob gets enough strength to stand up. And then, then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And he said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and numerous, and I will make you a company of peoples, and I will give this land to your descendants after you for an everlasting possession. Now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine, as Reuben and Simeon are mine. What did Jacob do? In effect, what did he do? Not only did Jacob bless Manasseh and Ephraim, he basically adopted these two kids. Your kids, your two boys, Manasseh and Ephraim, they are going to be as my children. They will inherit the blessing. 
that God has given to Abraham, that was passed to Isaac, that was passed to me. You remember early part of Genesis? Jacob never referred to God as his God. It was always the God of Abraham and Isaac. And it was only towards the later part that he said, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So when Joseph presented his two sons, born to him in Egypt, Manasseh and Ephraim, Jacob told Joseph, these two sons of yours are going to be my sons. Just as Simeon and Reuben are. So not only did he love Joseph, he loved Manasseh and Ephraim. That he basically adopted them to be his own. They are going to be partakers of the inheritance of the blessing of God. But your offspring that have been born after them shall be yours. Manasseh and Ibrahim, they shall be under me. But the offspring after you will be yours. They shall be called by the names of their brothers in their inheritance. Now as for me, when I came to Padan, Rachel died. To my sorrow in the land of Canaan on the journey, when there was still some distance to go to Ephrath, and I buried her there on the way to Ephrath. That is Bethlehem. You're making connections about the Word of God? The Old Testament, the New Testament, the prophecy, the fulfillment. Where was Jesus Christ born? In Bethlehem. Where did that start? Here. In the what? In the book of Genesis. The book of beginnings. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, who are these? Why didn't he know Ephraim and Manasseh? Because Ephraim and Manasseh were born in Egypt. They lived outside Egypt for a long time. And then they were brought into Egypt to be spared of the famine. Joseph said to his father, They are my sons whom God has given me here. So he said, Bring them to me, please. For what purpose? That I may bless them. That I may bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were so dim from age that he could not see. He could probably just, you know, make a, a figure. But it wasn't clear. You know, when you, when, you, when, you're, when you grow old, your eyes grow dim too. Right? Now the eyes of Israel were so dim that he could not see. Then Joseph brought them close and he kissed them and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face. And behold, God has let me see your children as well. Why didn't Jacob expect to see Joseph? Huh? Because the brothers of Joseph, number one, wanted to kill him. Reuben intervened. Let's not kill him. Let's put him in a well. So they put him in a well that was dried up. And then when there was a caravan, hey, 
Let's just sell him. What will we tell father? Let's get his robe of various colors. They doubled blood from a goat. And they presented a report to Jacob, their father. Your son, Joseph, was killed by an animal. Is this his robe? Jacob identified that robe as Joseph's robe. And he wept, he mourned, he wailed. Why? Who was Joseph to him? His favorite. So I said, the report to me all these years, you're dead. I never expected to see you anymore. But because of the goodness of God, not only do I see you today, but God has even allowed me to see my grandchildren. Isn't that sometimes what we say? Lord, if only I could see my grandchildren, then you can take me. Ah, right? Ayaw nyo? You don't like to see your grandchildren? Baka ngayon pa lang, ayaw nyo na yung mga anak ninyo, kaya ayaw nyo na makita yung grandchildren ninyo. Ah, ganun ba? Brad, ikaw lang yan. Huwag mo ako idamay dyan. Ako bata pa, tsaka batang isip. Okay? Look at, the, look at how good God is. You know, God's way, God's will, done God's way, in God's time, will deliver God's best. Not only did God allow me to see you, I even now have the privilege even to see my own grandchildren. Then Joseph took them from his knees and bowed his face to the ground. Wait, who is Joseph? Is he not the prince of Egypt? Is he not the one in authority? Why does he bow down to this man, Jacob? He is the prince of Egypt. It should be the reverse. But who is Jacob? Jacob is his father. So he bows down to show full respect to his father. Despite his position, he shows respect to his father. Joseph took, both, took them both. Ephraim with his right hand towards Israel and Manasseh with his left hand towards Israel's right. So correct? Because if I say, raise your right hand. Everyone, ready? One, two, three. Raise your right hand. Oh, you see? My right hand is to your left. Correct? So you get the idea? So here's now Joseph. Bring your two kids to me. Why? I want to bless them. Okay, so who is on the right hand? Come on, read with me. Who is on the right hand? Who is on the left hand? So I'm Joseph. I'm bringing them to my father, Jacob, right? Why? He's going to bless them. Okay, presentation. Dad. I cannot be at two places at one time. Am I still here on the earth? So you get the picture? So Joseph is bringing his two children with him. One on the right, one on the left. Alright? So he brought them close to his father Jacob. Why? Remember, he's old. He's near death. His eyes are very dim. 
But Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the hand of Ephraim, who was younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, crossing his hands, although Manasseh was firstborn. Gets? You get the picture? If you're going to bless, you will usually bless your right hand. When you swear an oath, place your left hand on the Bible, you swear with your right hand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God. Yes, I do. Witness, you may take your seat. Okay? And what did... Who is the younger? Ibrahim. Who is the older? Manasseh. So who should get the blessing? Okay? Remember, what's the title of the message? The beast goes on. He blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. He was like this. Bless the lands and may my name live on in them and the names of my father Abraham and Isaac and may they grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Notice the blessing is always a repetition of God's promise to Abraham, passed to Isaac, now passed to Jacob, and now Jacob is passing them on. Why? These two young lads, I have adopted for my own, and they are going to be recipients of the blessing given by God to my forefathers, and it's going to be passed on to me. The only problem is crisscross. Now, what happens when you crisscross the electrical lines? short circuit right because it's not supposed to be that way get the idea are you getting an idea why the beast goes on Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife she was barren this is Genesis 25 because he was barren and the Lord answered him and Rebekah's wife conceived but the children sluggered together within her she said if it is so why then am I this way so she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples will be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. Sounds familiar? Who is the firstborn? Manasseh. Who is the younger? Ephraim. Cross. This was already there as early as Genesis 25. Rebecca was pregnant with twins. Why is this going on in my belly? They're like fighting, struggling, jockeying for position. What's going on here? Oh, you have two nations in front in your belly. You will give birth to twins. They will be different. The older will serve the younger. When they were born, Jacob and Esau, also known as Esau, they were different 
One was fair-skinned, the other one was hairy. The other one was a homebody, the other one was a hunter. They were different. So what happened? Now it came about when Isaac was old, his eyes were too dim to see. Remember Jacob? Old, near death, his eyes are dim. He cannot see. So Joseph had to bring Manasseh and Ephraim closer to Jacob. Okay? That he called his older son Esau and said to him, My son. And he said to him, Here I am, Isaac said. Behold now, I am old, and I do not know the day of my death. So who was called? Esau. Who came? Isaac. Who did he say he was? Who did Isaac say that he was? He misrepresented himself to be Esau. Okay? So he went and got them and brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her elder son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the young goats on his hands, on the smooth part of his neck. Now may God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and an abundance of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations bow to you. Be master of your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Curse be those who curse you and blessed be those who bless you. Who got the blessing? Who got the blessing? Jacob. Why did Jacob get the blessing? Because Isaac thought he was already old. His eyes were dim. Jacob, together with his mother, connived to deceive Isaac. Rebekah cooked the food. He killed the goat. He put the goat skin. He wore his brother's clothes. Looks like I cannot see. But smells like Esau. The food, this is the kind of food that Esau cooks. Must be Esau. So he blessed him. Now the dew of heaven I give to you, the fatness of the earth, etc., etc. Be masters of your brothers. Oops. Cursed are those who curse you, and blessed are those who bless you. This is the same blessing. That God told Abraham. Yes? I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. God gave him not only his provision, but his protection. And it is carried on from generation to generation. The beast goes on. Genesis 48. When Joseph saw that his father laid his hands on Abraham's head, Remember? What? It displeased him. And he grasped his father's hand to remove it from Israel, Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. So Joseph was displeased. Why are you blessing the younger? The blessing should go to the older. Uh, maybe, kamali ka lang. Tanda ka na eh. let, let me fix it. Right? So Joseph tried to remove the hand, the right hand of Jacob, which was on 
Ephraim's head to transfer it to Manasseh. Joseph wanted to correct the situation. Right? Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Place your right hand on his head. Mali eh. Ayusin natin. Not so, dad. He is the firstborn. The right hand should be him. Pan Manasseh, not Ephraim. What did Jacob say? But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He will also become a people and he will also be great. However, his younger brother shall be great. Sounds familiar? The beast goes on. Then he and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. He blessed them that day, saying, By you Israel will pronounce blessing, saying, My God, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Thus he put Ephraim before Manasseh. Did Jacob know what he was doing? Yes. He crisscrossed it. The blessing should have gone to Manasseh. Where did it go? To Ephraim. The difference between Genesis 48 and Genesis 27 is this. He said, when Esau came, and Jacob realized, I mean Isaac realized, that he gave the blessing to Jacob rather than to Esau. He said, your brother came deceitfully and has taken away your blessing." The younger, I mean, the older shall serve the younger. You see, if you've been tracking with us since we studied Genesis, you will notice how dysfunctional this family, the line is. The dysfunctionality continues. The son, the child who should have received the blessing, loses it. It goes to the younger. And the older will serve the younger. That is generally not the scheme of things. Right? Even in our culture. In the Chinese culture, correct me if I'm wrong. If the firstborn of the family is male. En grande. Yes or no? If it is a female, may party din. Medyo tone down lang ng konti. Why? Because it is the male offspring who will continue the line. Right? When my daughter, for example, I'm Chinese. When my daughter gets married, whose family name will be continued? Her husband. But if my son will get married and they have offspring, their offspring will bear whose family name? My family name. Especially if you're born in fat. Yes? Lucky, di ba? Fat. Number eight. Yes or no? Yes. So if you're born in this particular year, in this particular month, in this particular day, and you happen to be of Chinese background, and then you're the firstborn, and then you are male, ay, nako, 
hotel. We will close all the ballroom because my grandson. You know what I'm saying? But then, he gets crisscrossed. The scheme of things is upset. But the difference between Genesis 27, there was deceit involved. Here now, it is intentional. Now, what am I passing on? The beast goes on. You see the generational sin that is passed and passed and passed and passed? Something has got to happen. Genesis 48, Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am about to die, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. So, last words. This is it. Right? Deathbed. Last words. Now, last words are very important, right? This is the last time I'm ever going to hear these words from my father while he is alive. So what is it? Behold, I'm about to die. God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your forefathers. Okay? I give you one portion more than your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. Good. Yes. What is Jacob doing at the last moments of his life? What is he doing? Huh? Again, he is playing favorites. How do we know that Joseph is his favorite? Genesis 37. Now Israel, Jacob, love Joseph what? Equally? He loved Joseph more than all of his sons because he was the son of his old age and he made him a very colored tunic, the robe of many colors. Now because Jacob really outwardly showed that Joseph was his favorite, what was the result? His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers so they what? They hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Friends, you have several offspring. You want strife. You want conflict. Very easy. Show favoritism to one. Compare them. You know what? You should be like your kuya. You should be like your ate. Patay na. You are generating a recipe for disaster. Look at it. Jacob showed to the rest of his family, to the rest of his children, that Joseph is my favorite. And as a result, what happened? They could not even have a, you know, an amicable, a peaceful conversation. Yana's favorite. Isn't that what happened? When Joseph came to his brothers and his brothers were in the field, when he was still a, dis a distant place away, 
What did he say? Mm. Here's the dreamer. They couldn't even have a normal casual conversation. Why? Favoritism. Then the sons of Israel did so. And Joseph gave them wagons according to the command of Pharaoh. Jacob made Joseph his favorite. Okay? Now, now Joseph, he is now the prince of Egypt in Genesis 45. The sons of Israel did so. Joseph gave them wagons according to the command of Pharaoh. He gave them provisions for the journey. To each of them, he gave a change of garments. But to Benjamin, he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of gar garments. What do you see again? The beast goes on. It is passed on from Jacob, now Joseph. To Benjamin, he gave an additional 300 pieces of silver and five changes of garments. And then what did he say? I'm not going to show it here. What did he say? What did Joseph say to his siblings? Don't quarrel along the way. Binigyan mo muna ng pagkakataon pagkatapos. Oh, huwag kayong magaway. He showed favoritism as well. Please pass on. Now, let me share with you. Simple definition of insanity. Severe mental illness. The condition of being insane. Something that is very foolish or unreasonable. In plain language, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That's why the beast goes on. You're like this. It just keeps on going. And then what? You can't get off. So what should you do? Stop. If you don't do something about it, the cycle will just continue. That's why the message is what? The beast goes on. What is that beast? Favoritism. The older having to serve the younger because the blessing is mixed up. Stop. Stop the cycle of insanity. Do something about it. What can you do? Why do we say that this is generational in nature? Look at what the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and fourth generations. Who is going to get hit? The children of the third and fourth generation. Why? Because the father did not do it right. Visiting the iniquity of the father on the children to the third and fourth generation. Fathers, it's your responsibility. If something goes wrong with your family, the buck stops with you. And if you don't do something about it, you're going to pass that on to the third and fourth generation. That's why Pastor Danny and myself keep on reminding us, fathers, we should stand up and break the cycle, break the chain. 
Imagine what I do will affect three to four generations down the road. I bet it I better get it right now. Because if I don't, I am impacting three and four generations down the road. In contrast, he says, but showing loving kindness to thousands of generations, to those who love me, and what? Keep my commands. Here we see in the book of Deuteronomy the very love language of Jesus Christ. Said Jesus Christ said, If you love me, you will what? If you love me, you will go to Bible study. Yes. If you love me, you will go to worship. Yes. But what is the bottom line? If you love me, you will obey me. Showing my loving kindness to those who love me and keep my commands. The best demonstration, the best proof, the best evidence that I love somebody is to show them by my obedience. Others? Heads of the household. I'm talking to you as a head of my household as well. God has placed it upon our shoulders to determine what will happen to three, four generations down the road. But if you and I will succeed in breaking the chain and be good role models to our wives and to our children, the blessing Showing my loving kindness to thousands. You like three or four or thousands? I like the thousands. Of generations to those who love me and obey my commands. We have to break the chain. We have to stop the cycle of insanity. Uh, well, you know, my father raised me this way and I came out well. So if I just do the same thing, they're also going to turn out well. And if my children also do the same thing, how do you know? See? <laughs> Confirmation from the mouth of babes. We have to break the cycle, my friends. The cycle, if we don't do something about it, it will just continue. The older serving the younger. The favoritism, the comparison, etc., etc. We have to do something. We have to break the chain. Now, we are not the only ones who have this dilemma. Look at the Apostle Paul. I find this principle that evil is present in me. The one who do, wants to do good. For I continually concur that the law is good for the inner man. But I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin which is in my members. Can you identify with this? You want to do good. You want to break the chain. But you cannot do it. Every time you want to do good, you find yourself doing the evil. You want to do right, you do wrong. You want to do good, you want to do evil. Is that not a chain that we need to break? Is that not a cycle that we need to get out of? 
Paul had the same dilemma too. And he asked, What wretched, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Paul did not ask what. Paul did not ask, okay, uh, what church program can I attend so that I can get out of this crazy cycle? Is there a program? Is there an activity? Is there a retreat? What can I do? What can I attend so that I can get out of this cycle? He didn't ask what. He asked who. He did not look for a program. He looked for a person. He said, who? Who will set me free from this body of death? And he answered his own question. Thanks be to God through Jesus our Lord. So then, the one hand I myself with my mind, I'm serving the law of God, but on the other with my flesh, the law of sin. Who can break the cycle? Jesus Christ. Through his cross. You want to break the cycle? You want to stop the beast from going on? My friend, you need Christ. No church program can do it. No activity can do it. Only Jesus Christ can do it. Only Jesus Christ can do it. Why? Why? Jesus Christ himself said this. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Who will set you free from that insane cycle that you're on? Who will set them free? That favoritism, that idea with changing the scheme of things. Only Jesus. Only Jesus can set you free. Eh? So if you don't have Jesus, you will have zero chance to break that cycle. You hear me? If you do not have Jesus, you will have zero chance to break the cycle. Because only Jesus has the power, the desire to help you break that chain. You can say, but I'm free, just like the Israelites said. We have never been enslaved. Why do you say that we need to be free? Oh, you're enslaved to the law. Jesus will set you free. So the first question that you must ask yourself is, do I have Jesus? If you don't, what should you do? You should ask him. I cannot ask him for you. There is no proxy. I have to come, to come to my personal realization, just like Paul, when he asked, who will free me from this body of death? I am wretched. I am hopeless. So who will unchain me 
Jesus Christ. If you don't have Jesus Christ, you must make a decision. No one can force you. You have to come to your own conclusion and decision. Number one, conclusion. I am wretched. Number two, who is the solution? Jesus Christ. I need Him. If, if you're not yet there, make your own decision. But don't expect to keep on doing the same thing, the same thing, over and over and over again, and expect different results. If you already have Jesus Christ, okay, you're already free. Yes? You've already broken the cycle. Yes? But the moment you do that, you are just someone who is newly born. You are just a born again Christian, right? Remember I said last words are very important? So what do you think the last words of Jesus Christ were? Do you think the last words of Jesus Christ before He went back to heaven are important that we should pay attention and be careful to do what Jesus Christ Himself is commanding us to do? Yes? Let me show you. If you haven't seen it since the time you entered this sanctuary. The last words of Jesus Christ are revealed to us in Matthew 28, 18-20. The very last words that he told his disciples before he went back to heaven. And he says, Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Is this not the last command of Jesus Christ? Our mission and commission. So it's not enough just for you to be in John 8.36. I have the Son, therefore I am free. Yes, you are free. You are newly born. You are newly born again. Now what do you need to do? What's next? You have to make disciples. Disciples are made. They are not born. Because if they are born disciples, Jesus would not have said, make disciples. Now, how do you make disciples? Number one, you have to get them saved. Number two, encourage them to be baptized. But the ongoing process is what? Teaching them to obey all that I have commanded to you. And what is the promise of God? If you do this, if you disciple them, if you teach them to obey all, not only teach, Bible study uni, okay? Teach them to obey all, what is His promise? Who will be with you? Jesus. So how do you break the chain? How do you stop the beast from going on? You have to have Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior. And don't stop there. Get into a discipleship relationship. Why? Pastor, I have no discipleship group. I have no discipleship leader. 
Okay. Fine. See us. Pastor, I want to disciple somebody. But I don't have people. Are you married? Yes. You have one people. <laughs> you have children? I have two. You have three peoples. <laughs> Why do we keep on looking outside? Why? Can you not disciple your own family? You are more concerned with discipling somebody else? And who's going to disciple your family? God forbid you and these people that you are discipling are in heaven. Your own wife and your own children. May init ba dyan? I'm serious. Study the gospel of Luke. You're going to be able to see people in hell. Oh. Ah, okay na yan. My, my, my kids, my wife, you know, they, they attend this ministry. My kids are in Sunday school. My younger children are there with Apex. Oh, okay na yan. How do you know? When you appear before Christ, He's going to ask you, what did you do with your wife? Uh, women of work. Women's ministry in Manila. What did you do with your children? Uy, Apex. My kid attend all the three. Cerritos, Riverside, and Encino. <laughs> and then Jesus might, in song, that was not my question. That was never my question from day one. Because the sins of the father visit the children to the third and fourth generation. But showing my loving kindness to thousands of those who love me and obey my commands. Do you want the beast to go on? Or do you want, do you choose to break the cycle? It's up to you. Let's pray. God, I don't know where my brothers and sisters, our friends and relatives who are here this morning, I don't know where they are, Lord, in their spiritual journey. But I know that you know. So I ask you, Lord Jesus, through the presence and power of your Holy Spirit, to speak to all of our hearts and answer just those two very important questions. Do I have Jesus Christ in my life as my personal Lord and Savior? If I don't, I can ask him right now, even in your own words. Just tell him you're turning away from your sin. You acknowledge that He alone paid for your sin, that you're inviting Him into your life and committing to follow Him from this day on. If you're here this morning and you've already made that step of faith and invited Jesus to be your Lord, then He asks you to obey His command to make disciples. If you're not being discipled, 
If you're not being, if you're not making disciples, friend, will you pray about it? Because that is the last mission and commission that Jesus Christ Himself gave to us. Ask the Lord to send you to someone who will disciple you. If you have a family, ask the Lord God to give you the desire to disciple your family. So that you can break that chain through the power of Jesus Christ living in you and working in you and through your family. God, will you forgive all of us from the chain and cycle of insanity that we constantly find ourselves in? When we are not willing to take action, when we become passive, instead of being directly involved in the life of our family, which will impact the life of the church, which will impact the life of society. God, will you listen to the commitments that are being made right now? And God, may you alone be glorified through the changed lives that you're going to make through these commitments this morning. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. We worship God through songs of praise and worship. We praise God through the preaching of His Word. We also have the opportunity to worship God with our giving. We have an offering box at the back. We do not pass the offering plate. And if you're new to CCF, we just like to let you know that after the message, we break out in our small discussion groups. And three questions. What crazy cycle are you still on? Have you completely entrusted yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life? How can your discipleship group help you break free from that crazy cycle? So break up into your own small groups and discuss amongst yourselves. Again, we just like to remind you, don't force anyone to talk. Uh, whatever you share in the group should be kept within the group. That is a comfort zone. So break out into your small groups now and have a rest for this blessed Sunday. God bless everyone.